1985, the movie The Breakfast Club debuted. Written, produced, and directed by John Hughes, it was an American teen coming-of-age comedy drama film. And if you've seen this movie, you can probably rattle off the five types of characters present in the movie. The nerd, the beauty, the jock, the rebel, and the recluse. And while these characters are actually caricatures, purposefully intensified to accentuate the stereotype, chances are your friend group in high school contains some of these exact same types. On today's episode of Think Significantly, we're going to explore the types of personalities that are said to surface in every group. We'll explore work compositions as well as social groups and discuss whether or not these roles are just that, roles or whether they are accurate portrayals of our authentic selves. Let's think significantly. Hello, everyone. I'm Melissa. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Pete. Hello, Melissa, and hello to all the listeners out there. All right. So, Pete, um, I know that you and I canoodled a bit on this topic when we first added it to the docket, and we agreed that there is a heck of a lot that we could talk about between work groups and social groups and even high school groups. Um, So do you have a preference of where we begin? I'll let you have dealer's choice. Well, with with all those options, let's uh, let's look at starting with work groups. I think that's the most uh, the most relevant, most applicable to to all our adult listeners, anyway. All right. Well, that's as good as place as any. Okay, so let's start with uh, the book "Lead Inside the Box." Uh, I, I I pulled some some information out of that. It's written by by Victor Prince and Mike Figliolo. Uh, they developed. Or, or highlighted eight archetypes of employees, which can be summed up in a like a two by two grid, um, which you're not going to try to illustrate. I'm sure. I, I do not <laughs> have any desire to illustrate. No, this is a different season, Pete. We don't have to be like, okay, so imagine on the y axis and now yeah. on your x axis. <laughs> yeah, I would love to get away from that altogether if we could. There you but go. in this case, it is a two by two box. All so. Right. Uh, just picture the old two by two box that we used before. Um, <laughs> but uh, in, in, in one of the boxes, you've got your exemplars. Okay. These are the people that you want on your team. These are the people that are, that are high output, low input. They're going to do everything that needs to be done without you having to ride them or look over their shoulder or, uh, or, or, you know, coerce them. They're, they're the ones that want to do it because they want to do it. Okay. And they, they want to deliver great results for everybody. So when you talk about inputs, you're talking about like the manager then having to like feed them, right? They, they're right. more like what's uh, commander's intent and they're going to go take the hill. And- right. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so their output is going to be their, their product, of mm-hmm. course, and the input, right. Would be the the, the amount of attention that they're going to require from whoever's leading the group. Some level of resource, right? Okay. Right. So right. you want exemplars. I got it. These are like right. your, your rising stars. They got like rockets on their butts. Right. Or, right. They're, they're the ones that are going to get it done. Uh, when you call in sick, they're still going to be making things happen. Got it. Okay. 
or they're also going to be probably the blue haired lady who's been there 5,000 years and just knows where everything's at. Cause right. you just, right. you're, yeah. you're subject matter experts, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Exemplars. I got it. High output without it, without a lot of resource expended to do so. Cool. Correct. Correct. So the next tier down would be your high cost producers. These are people that still produce at a high level, mm-hmm. but are going to require a lot more from your, from your management to keep them on task. Oh, okay. This guy, these are the guys that and I say guys, but these are the people that um, they're just going to, going to need attention. They're going to need, they're going to be uh, complaining about things or, uh, you know, asking for more resources instead of finding, you know, alternative solutions. Um, there'll be people that uh, are perhaps a little bit bullish when they're presenting ideas uh, or dealing with other members of the team. And it's going to take the manager to kind of soothe them mm-hmm. uh, to keep them uh, functioning at a high level. And I think uh, 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 being a, a bit of a sports fan, I think of um, Carol Owens when I, uh, when I hear this group, because as, as do I Pete. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have no idea. I, who I know is. you do. Right. Because <laughs> T.O. T.O. was a fantastic wide receiver, physically gifted, uh, produced at a high level. Whatever team he was on, he produced at a high level. But it always seemed to be at the cost of team chemistry. It always seemed that he was the focal point, uh, drawing attention away from the team rather than being a, a force multiplier for the team. Got it. So that's that's your, your prima donna, essentially, is what your high-cost producers are going to be. I got it. They're the uh, only one green M&Ms in my dressing room. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I, at work, I call these butt employees because he's good, but you yeah, know, always yeah. that, that catch. Like he's great. That caveat, right. But he doesn't come to work on Tuesdays and Thursdays. He's always out. Yeah. Right, right, right. All right. So I So the next the next yeah. group would be, you know, again, so we're so we're we're cascading down from your ideal employees. Then we've gone to still producing, but needing more attention. Mm-hmm. Now we're at now we're at the detractors, which are low output and high input. These are people that demand a lot of attention, but aren't going to produce at nearly the same level as the first two groups. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're going to be your. Uh, they're either not going to have the skills needed to fit in the group or to do the roles that they're being asked. Okay. Or or they're just not going to want to do it. Okay like lack of motivation or just right. dragon. Okay. Right. Right. So, so that group is again, not a lot of, not a lot of production and a lot of attention. Oh, I got you. Got you. Then the, the last group, the, the bottom tier of this, of this production ladder is uh, what they, what they refer to as the passengers, which are low output, but low input. So they're going to do absolutely the essentially what they need to do and nothing more. Bare minimums so they can keep their job. That's exactly right. They're there. Yeah. They're going to check the box and they're not interested in making sure it's the best product. They're not making sure that, that it's uh, done ahead of schedule. They're just going to do exactly what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And they're, but they're not going to require anyone to tell them to do it. Like that's the, that's the trade-off, right? They're going to do it without supervision, but they're not going to try to excel in any way. 
All right. Well, I'm going to challenge you right here because okay. I, I think your, your bottom of your rung, if you're putting these in hierarchical order, I will take a passenger low output, low input over a detractor because the detractor ain't giving me jack and requiring so much of me. The detractor is who I'm going to fire first, if you will. Right. No. And, I, and, and I'll, I'll tell you that from a, from the perspective of a manager, I agree with you hundred percent. I'll take somebody that is a known quantity, but doesn't require my attention Yeah. over somebody that, um, that I'm investing quite a bit of my time in sure. to, and not seeing the, the return on that investment. That would be, um, it would be detrimental to my mental health as a leader to have that person on my team. Right. And those attractors actually, I think are more, um, you know, they're more poisonous to the overarching group. Uh, we're, since we're talking about group dynamics, right? right. Your, your passengers kind of be just like, I'm going to work on what I want to work on, you know, bada, right. boom, bada bing, but your detractor, they're being like, why, why don't you ever talk to, to, to Karen about her not coming back from lunch on time, you know? And you're like, well, right. yeah. 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 No, I, I agree that the, the passengers seem to be the types that to, that would get along with everybody. Mm -hmm. um, they, they wouldn't uh, cause a ruckus. Yeah. They just wouldn't really uh, go for the gold, so to speak. Sure. I gotcha. So neither one of those we want on our teams, but we'll, we'll take the barnacles. Yeah. The, uh, people I mean, I, right. Ideally you have a team full of exemplars. Ideal. Um, yes. Right. But, but as we'll see is uh, I think, you know, even if you had that group of exemplars, uh, some of them would have, would, would not be as exemplar as others. So I don't know. Oh, okay. Pin that for me, will you? Because I definitely yes. want to get to that. Because like, okay. what do you do in a group of superheroes for sure? Right. Um, okay. But so your two by two matrix uh, made me actually think of, and I don't know what year um, our friends uh, Figliolo and Prince published their works, but there there's an old study by Benny and Sheets. I think it's from like the 1940s. Oh. Yeah, but I think it still stands. Um, I remember hearing about it actually in, in business school, uh, functional roles of group members. That was their, that was their article. And it basically, it, it, I remember three chunks distinctly. You got like these 12 task roles that are absolutely essential to carry out a project step-by-step. -step. Uh -huh. And, but then you also, to your point, what made me think about this is the, um, you're going to have these six personal or social roles. And that's sort of what you made me think of when you were talking about your study, but you sure. also have a list of like these dysfunctional roles. So your, your task roles are going to be like what you can expect of, like when you're doing a project, you got to have somebody who's like, Hey, I got a great idea. And you got to be like somebody who's like, Hey, uh, you know, let me get all the people to the table that need to be there. You're going to have your opinion seeker, your opinion giver, and right. you're going to have the person who is energizing the group to get it across the finish line. Yep. 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 The guy checking their specs. Sure. The person taking notes. Exactly. Talk over people or interrupt or, or do the kinds of things, uh, just have an, an overall aggressive demeanor that that's going to detract from the group dynamic. Um, you could have a, a blocker, I believe is one of them is somebody that finds something wrong with every idea. Mm -hmm. Um, or is going to find a, a reason that something won't work instead of coming up with reasons that something will work or a way we can make it work. 
Um, you'll have, uh, let's see, oh, the person that wants all the all the glory for themselves, the one that's going to claim to be the one doing all the work. Um, so, uh, so that's three of the, of the eight, I think that they break down, but, but in general, these people are going to, are going to, uh, behave in a way much like we talked about before with the, the, uh, uh, low output people. Um, they're just not going to be contributing to the, to the team in the same way that your positive role people are going to be. Right. Well, they're detractors. And I say they need to be neutralized or to use your word from last season, vanquished. <laughs> That's right. That's right. More vanquishing. Right. And just, just as one little aside. So you were talking about somebody who's like, you know, noticing like where the holes are at or whatever, right? Who's this? The mm -hmm. blocker you're saying? Who's very. Yeah. They're, the, uh, the blocker would be someone right. Throwing up, uh, throwing up roadblocks and, and, and uh, keeping people from thinking their ideas are any good. Sure, but not to be confused with like the constructive criticism guy who you need, right? You need right. that person who's there to sort of like red team you and be like, sure, no, no, yeah. right. It, that's an important distinction because right. But what a blocker is going to do is going to say, well, that's not going to work because whatever. Uh, versus, well, we might have a problem with that because of this thing, but let's figure out a way to work around this. Like that. That's there's your differences. Right. Like somebody just, with a rationale for why it might not work. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And and a willingness to explore it and say, hey, I, I think this might give us a problem. Mm -hmm. Can we figure out a way to 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 mitigate it? Mm -hmm. Or can we work around it? Or do we need to find a different way to do it? Right. So here's my question that we were pinning before. Um, uh -huh. So my question is, we've talked about lots of different roles on this. Um, and I'm sure that there are 8,000 other different theories, hypotheses, oh, for sure. you know, models yeah. out there about what each team requires, but <laughs> there's, there is no shortage of group dynamic, uh, references to go look at. I, I'm sure. So I'm wondering if, here's my question. Is mm -hmm. it like, these are billets that have to be filled. Like if I don't have, um, the opinion seeker, I have to make sure I have someone fulfilling that role. Or is it a case of like in every team you find at work, um, you know, these things sort of crop up organically. I guess I'm like, it's almost like a, am I seeking these people out or are they just happen to show up at the table? Right, right. So, right. And if I can rephrase a little bit, I think um, we have to, we have to figure out if each team requires these four types, if they're essential to the, to the uh, functioning of the group. Or does or do people just fall into those categories by default? Like I said, if you've got a team full of exemplars, well, now your your bar is raised and your low exemplar might be your slacker. Yeah. Or it could still be an exemplar, but by default, like relatively speaking, right. They be they look like that. Like if we're all a group of astronauts, am I gonna? just innately have a, somebody who looks like a Jeff Spicoli, right? <laughs> you know, right. Type right. In my group, just because maybe his sparkle isn't so shiny, you know, right. as shiny, if you will. So, yeah. But what a, what a great, what a great problem to have, to have a, somebody that would normally be an exemplar filling 
in that role of, mm -hmm. you know, uh, underperformer, maybe. Right. It definitely seems like a first world work problem. Yeah, that right? would be, yeah, I would, I would take that for sure. And I, and I'd like to, I'd like to, you just sparked a little something about, uh, uh, what I read, um, in doing the research for this. And that is there are some roles. So for, for example, the task roles that Ben A and Sheets point out, um, you those those task roles are roles that you need to have the group function mm -hmm. right the 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 personal roles and the and the dysfunctional roles are are things that you might encounter but those task roles need to happen so as a project manager you would want to assign if you're if someone's not filling those roles naturally if you don't have a a critic or a constructive critic in that group mm -hmm. you would need to overtly assign someone to be to say hey i need you to play devil's advocate on this team because we don't have one right now and it's hurting us mm -hmm. so i think there's i think it's a mix of where people are going to fall naturally in the group what what role they're going to fill naturally mm -hmm. and then uh once those details you know solidify then it's up to the leader to say hey we're missing this and i need to have someone fill that and 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 pick the person they think is best suited to that role. So that's interesting to me because, and I don't want to make this about me, but uh, <laughs> in a group, it's back to by psychology though. Forgive me for the foray. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I always try to see like what's missing in the group, right? I'm like, what sure. do we not have? But if you think about this in psychology, this is some Carl Jung stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how he talks about, you know, we have those 12 archetypes that reside like in our unconscious. And we, right. have, we have that one dominant archetype personality. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean we don't, we can't call up another personality to come to work that day, <laughs> which right. is what I do. I like to mix them up a little bit, keep it spicy, you know? Um, so it could just be happening too, unconsciously among the group members. It's possible, especially Say if you have a group of exemplars, you know, it's right. possible that they're nimble enough to be like, hey, what are we missing? Right. No, that's that's exactly it. Right. I, I think there's a certain level of um, of awareness. Right. If, if you're an engaged actor in this in this group dynamic, you're going to kind of sense what's missing. Mm -hmm. you, you, you're going to kind of get a feel for. Hey, we've got too many people spitting out ideas and not enough people doing work. I'm just going to go to work. Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, nobody's really uh, speaking up and criticizing the ideas that we're coming up with. Let me try to 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 really flesh out these ideas by trying to poke holes in it. Mm -hmm. um, sure. So yeah, I think I think that 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 those archetypes. Uh, Young's archetypes specifically, and thank you for bringing that up. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we that in these instances, it it would be easy for us to fall into a a second or third tier, right? Mm -hmm. Archetype that that applies to us because it's the role that's needed in the group that we're in. You know, if you don't mind, I'm gonna chat uh, or just sort of ask you to elaborate on something though. But you're assuming uh -huh. that there's a leader in the group you're assuming that someone has been assigned as the leader and that doesn't always happen. Oh, you're, that's absolutely right. Uh, 
Right. In an informal group, there may not be a right in a, in a formal work group, you're going to have a, a project manager or a leader assigned most likely. Um, but it's possible that you've got an informal group pulled together. And, and in that instance, um, leadership might be assumed. Um, yeah. And the size of the group is going to have an influence on where people in the group think that responsibility lies. Yeah. There's, there's a study that shows that the responsibility felt by members of a group uh, declined as the group got larger. So, so what they found is that in, in smaller groups, those, let's say two to four people, okay. um, the members of the group were more likely to feel responsibility for what the group was doing and to assess themselves as leader of the group without, without being formally uh, uh, anointed as the leader, mm -hmm. they would feel, they were more likely to feel like they were in charge. Mm -hmm. Once the groups got larger, let's say six to eight people, now the group members were less likely to assess themselves as leader. And uh, among the biggest group, the eight person group was the biggest one that they studied. In those groups, they were more likely to say that they took a fringe non-participatory role in the group's activities, like, like our slackers in the, in the earlier example. They're there and they're gonna do what they have to do, but they're not really engaged in the process. This is almost like bystander effect, really. It's, it's very much like bystander effect. Right, like and, if I'm and, the only person there, I'm gonna give you CPR, but if there's 40 of us, I'm not gonna feel is, like I have to give you CPR. These are, these are very highly related phenomena, right? The more people that are there, the less responsible I feel to do anything. Got it. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to right. me. Right. And in, and in those larger groups, you also saw that members were, uh, had a tendency to overestimate their effort and underestimate their responsibility. Oh, that's fascinating. Right. So they thought that they were producing more, but were actually relied on less. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. And the, and for me, the takeaway there would be that these same people, right? And you take this eight person group and you break it into four, two people groups. Mm -hmm. And all of those people are going to be willing to take responsibility for what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You put them together in the back in those eight people. Now you've got some of them saying, I'm not going to be engaged anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they're a disengaged person. It's that at a certain point, they don't feel like they've got the tools to be the leader anymore. Or that role is. Or that role is being filled by filled. someone more capable. Right. Sure. Yeah. So they, they just take a back seat. And I, that's the, that's what I find fascinating in this, in this study specifically, but in general, in this, in this discussion about roles and group dynamics. Mm -hmm. is how do we determine where we're going to fit in, in these groups as they get formed? Mm -hmm. This is just some crazy aside, but I was trying to think of situations where like at work where there's not necessarily a leader, mm -hmm. um, but I'm always like, who called the meeting? Because if you called the meeting, you got skin in the game. Like you need right. something because I wasn't calling the meeting. You asked to see <laughs> me. So clearly right. you were in charge. Uh, let me right. contribute in whatever way I can, but I'm clearly not the leader. Yeah. All right. Well, this is yeah, agreed. Fascinating. So, do you want to pivot and talk about um, 
friends and social groups and see how they compare and contrast? Yeah, I would love that. I think I think we've uh, I think we've done the work groups. Uh, I think we've done some 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 good lifting on that. We've done and, yeoman's uh, work. Yes, that's that's exactly that's a great way to put it. Yes, ma'am, we sure did. All right. So what I bring to this discussion is uh, a 2000 survey, and it's actually from across the pond, which okay. I was very happy because goodness knows some of our significant others um, are not from America. That's right. Uh, yeah. This survey happened in the UK. Uh, one poll put out a um, uh, a survey, if you will, to a bunch of friendship groups uh, mm-hmm. um, about their their mates, uh, you know, their their pals, if you will. comrades and their personalities and um, the study found that every friendship group has at least one or two of each personality type in their core circle okay okay so this this means this is like i mean 2000 is not a a small n if you will um no 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 no. that's a that's a significant study it's a for a think sing significantly. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> so I was like, am I, I'm like, is my, you know, then you start thinking like, does my core circle have all of these, you know? So you're, mm-hmm. so you're looking, every group has these people in it, at least one of them. And you might have uh, like an understudy or someone on the bench who's like, why don't you sure. step up? You got a B team. Um, right. So here they are. Here's the, here's the personality types. Think about your okay. friend group and tell me if they exist in your friend group. Sure. You got the organizer right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the, that's the person pulling everything together. Yeah. Right. They're like, yeah, they're rallying the troops for the big night out. Uh, you got the motivator who, I mean, it could be the organizer, right? But you got yeah. the person who's like, you got to go, Becky, you know, you got to go, you know? Right, 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 right. The, the, uh, right. The, the, they're cheerleading essentially. They're, 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 I don't want to say convincing people to participate, but they're they're definitely uh, they're getting people out of their comfort zone. They're they're encouraging people to to participate. Right, and they probably know a little bit about that group enough to be like, you know, they have you know, you right. Wear your purple socks. They're like know something about <laughs> you to sort of loop you in. You're like, oh, I'm right. wanting to wear my Absolutely. purple socks. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So then you have the oracle. Okay, Th- this is the person who knows all. They are the person who's trending they know the new place they know that they know the obscure places they know the best restaurant they know you know blue man group is actually doing some underground sort of like presentation you know and they're actually the aquaman group you know they're the oracle they're the they're the person that knows everything and has probably done everything i Um, i I know this person for sure you do okay awesome I feel seen. Okay, awesome. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to out you, but yeah, for sure. You're the oracle. Go ahead. All right. Uh, then you have the elephant. And the elephant is uh, not eating the elephant. That was from season one. <laughs> that was right. That was a whole different That's thing. That's right. right. It's a whole different thing. That's not on the menu. But this is the person who remembers all the things. The wedding anniversaries, the birthdays, the birthdays of the kids, um, you know, all the things. Like, you know, it was a year ago that, you know, we did this one thing. They're the person sort of like retaining the memory of everything the, that happened in the group. The historian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There okay. you go. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then you have the maverick. And you're probably going to think, I, you're probably, this is not going to line up. My definition of this is not going to line up with what you have in your head. But you okay. the The maverick is the disco ball of every friendship group, bringing fun and joy with them wherever they go. Oh yeah. No, I would not have called that a maverick, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) 
you had a Top Gun kind of connotation in your head, yes? I, oh, I was thinking actually John McCain, but yeah. Oh, sure. okay. Or yeah. yeah, and I don't think John McCain. Uh, I'm. I don't, I don't think he was the. I don't think he was the life of the party. I'm not. No. I'm, did, I never got that vibe from him. I didn't. I don't. Yeah, I don't imagine him <laughs> on the dance floor. But I perhaps you know perhaps he's more of the historian. I don't know. He's got a more perhaps yeah erudite role in the group. Yes, I um, agreed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two more. Two more. Okay. Um, yeah. Hit me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I laugh. Uh, we have the Scrooge. The Scrooge is the person who's dividing everything to the very last penny. They're very money conscious. Um, they are the one who are like, I have an app for this. You owe me six dollars and seventeen cents. <laughs> you uh, don't. You can keep going without any comment. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. As 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 I'm going to remind you, this is part of a functioning group. Okay, this is a requisite part of the group. You must have a Scrooge. All right. Uh, I, well, well, is it required or is it just normally occurring? Okay. Well, whatever. Every group has a Scrooge. So <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's me or look, everything has to be fair. Okay. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Understood. All right. And then you have the last one and there it's a, it's a, they, they, they catalog it as a steady Eddie, mm -hmm. but basically it's the person that no matter what happens, right? Like, uh, the night did not go as planned. Uber doesn't show up. It's pouring rain. Like that person's just going to be there to sort of, you know, reassure you and be like, it's going to be okay. They're the person with the, the hug. The rock. Yeah, the rock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with a hug and like a mug of something. Right, yeah, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna pick you up at stupid hours of the morning because, right, your plans fell through mm -hmm. and, and make sure that you're taken care of. Yeah. Solid. Those yeah. are, I would argue... I would argue the rock is the most important person to have in your little crew. Um, but, but I could definitely see where they would all play their roles. Right. Uh, and, and I would, you know, given what we've been talking about, what if someone's a natural organizer, mm -hmm. but they're, they find themselves in a friend group that's got a phenomenal organizer. Do they then find a different role to play? Oh, Right. So here, we, yeah. So we, this is really what we're talking about. It's sort of like Jung's thing, right? With, uh, right. we have like one primary archetype that we naturally settle into, but right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's possible. Uh, I was thinking originally that you were talking about like somebody who was almost like two facets to them, like Superman versus mm. Clark Kent. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like these right. I'm sort of like a different person at work than I am in my friend group. Um, which which I which I think is true. Mm -hmm. I was actually thinking more about someone who's uh let's say that they're like a, a big fish in a little pond mm -hmm. uh as they're as they're growing up and through high school, right? They're they're doing all the things that the captain they're the class president, they're in the, the, the school play, uh, someone of, of, of huge import, mm -hmm. uh, in, in, at that level of their, at their life. Mm -hmm. And then they get to college and they realize that, that they're not, they're no longer the most of any of those things. They're not the best athlete or the smartest kid or the, mm -hmm. the, the best musician, or they just, they have to find a way to fit in now. 
Right. They're no longer the superlative because their pond got bigger. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Happens at work too, though. Think about that. You're at a small boutique firm and now you're working for like big blue IBM and you're like one of countless members on special counsel for them. Or... Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or even, yeah, just you get assigned to a different project and all of a sudden, right. We get, I mean, we joked about before about uh, in a previous episode about storming, norming, forming, and 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 that but but every time you join a new group you're going to go through that process of figuring out where where you fit where you fit yeah so you're saying so so to get capture this correctly you're saying though like you're you're the top of the heap in one place um so you're you're assuming like as far as roles go you're kind of like the leader because you're small mm-hmm. pond sure you get somewhere and then you're just like that person who's on the group who's just a listener Right. A little valuable member of the group as a reminder. But, no, absolutely. Right. Right. Or, or, or it's kind of like what we talked about with the astronauts, like just by default, when you have like a whole bunch of exemplars, one is just by default because you're at such a high peak level of performance with these other folks who are also doing the same damn thing. Right. The Jeff Spicoli. Like, right. You know? Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not that you're not a great astronaut. Mm-hmm. You're just not on the same level as the others in the in the roles that they're playing right you're not the one going to the mars you're going to the one going to schools and like talking about your helmet and like <laughs> what you eat and like right. how things float and right yeah still valuable though still still valuable right so you're talking basically about um what, what is what is required i guess right of of mm-hmm. us when we pivot to another group where our normal role that we normally fill has already been filled or we're not the best at filling it. Right. 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 Because we want to feel like as, as an individual, Mm -hmm. we want to feel like we're bringing something to the group. We want to feel like we're, we're valuable in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and if, if what we're good at is uh, if, if, if I think that I'm good at um, providing that constructive criticism, Mm-hmm. And I get put in a group with somebody who is exceptional at it. Well, now how am I contributing? Right. I've yeah. got to find some other niche, some other role to play, some other task role to fill mm-hmm. in order to um, to meet that innate desire to to uh, contribute. Mm-hmm. And when I, when, as soon as you said like value to the group, I thought, oh, you're really talking about like identity. It's not a role. It's who you are. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's a great way to frame it. I think, uh, because we're, we're not just talking about things that are important for the group to yeah. be successful, mm-hmm. but, but they're also important to us as individuals, because mm-hmm. we're gonna, we do so much in our lives, uh, we, we do so much defining of ourselves based on how we think others perceive us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is just a, a, a very easy example to put out there that in this work group, in this friend group, in this whatever group, if my role is to be the motivator, sure. if I'm, if I'm the one patting everybody on the back and saying, oh yeah, no, you did a great job you know, keep at it. We're doing fantastic work. That's going to be how I see myself now. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and that's going to be how I conduct myself as I move into other groups. Um, that's going to be the role that that I'm more likely to fall into because that's where I see myself. And that's or I'll where be more I'll be more comfortable in. Let me put it that way. Sure. And the part too is that you've been rewarded to some degree for performing that role. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. That, that, because that's how we know that we found our niche. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. If I start, if I, if I come up with, again, to stick with the criticism role, if I come up with, with a critique of an idea and, and someone else comes up with a more in-depth critique and a better solution for, um, for overcoming the holes in the idea, mm-hmm. well, they're going to get the kudos and I'm going to be kind of left in the dark. But if I, you know, like I said, now, if I switch to motivator role mm-hmm. and I'm congratulating them, hey, that was a great idea. Like you really drilled down on the details of that thing yep. and you were able to see the weaknesses and then come up with ways to shore them up. That was fantastic. Please keep doing that. And they're going to appreciate that input. Mm-hmm. And, and that little bit of, you know, that little bit of feedback is going to encourage us to continue in that role. Which leads me to mm-hmm. next week, we are talking about <laughs> so promo. Yeah, not only a promo, but it's a nice way to segue into that because I want to remind you that just because you're the front man doesn't mean that you're any less valuable. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no. I would argue, having done my uh, a good bit of research on that already. I think there's a, a tremendous value that should be placed in having uh, a sidekick. And I can't wait to talk about that, actually. I'm not even going to get into the, the stuff here. I agree. Because Beyonce, as talented as she is, if she ain't got somebody working that microphone and those lights, she is one woman singing on a stage and that be it. So, And it would be uh, right. Without the microphone, the light, it'd be a dark, quiet stage. It, unless you got those front row seats in the ropes, yo, uh, yeah, you're not going to get much of a concert. So uh, those uh, those those people that we uh, that we have working the lights for us are are often more important than the front men. But but we will discuss that next week. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. That's going to be so much fun. All right. Well, Pete and I would love to continue this discussion with you on social media. We would love it if you would give us your thoughts on what role you play most often in your work groups and your social groups. And I would be curious if they happen to be the same thing. Absolutely. And, and, and tell us whether or not that's the role you want to play or the role that you feel you have to play. Have you considered trying to change that for yourself? Reach out and share with us. Right. Let us know if your leader has assigned that role to you because I'm curious. <laughs> right. If you're in an eight-person group. Has someone else decided that you're the leader? That's right. Well, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ThinkSigPod and on the Facebook and LinkedIn by searching for Think Significantly. If you enjoyed our conversation, please invite your curious friends to listen. Melissa and I will be back next week uh, to talk about sidekicks as as we already brought up. Until then, we encourage everyone to think significantly about the world around you.